Hello, you're listening to a Talkie Spirit Anime Cast. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined here with Chris. Yo. Today's episode is our summer 2023 anime season reviews, part two of three. We have Yohane, the Parhelion, Surger Appa Fairy Tale, part two, the Great Cleric, My Unique Skill Makes Me OP, even at level one, Liar Liar, Temple, uh, Bungo Stray Dogs, fifth season, Undead Murder Farce, uh, Undead Girl Murder Farce. They decided to take out the girl, I'm not sure why. Anyways, uh, Classroom for Heroes, Duke Death and His Maid, second season, and the girl I like forgot her glasses because she needs to glue them on, apparently. I'm very shocked that Chris did not get a chance to watch that show. That's just, I think that's the biggest shock out of the whole season. I can't, I didn't say anything when he said it. Now I'm, th- now I'm bringing it up like, wait, was it because it was Gohan's? And he's like, no, I just didn't get around to it. I'm like, it had to been because it was Gohan's, right? <laughs> Give me a reason. Give me a reason, Chris. Somebody wanted me to watch other shows, and he's so I picked up those shows. He's doing that again, as if he had a choice, <laughs> and he's too busy playing. What are you doing, like, playing game? You're being a normie too much again. Are you playing, like, do you have, like, a game you're, like, obsessed with right now that I'm not aware of? Not really. I'm just watching his, uh, a few shows and going to bed. Crazy, crazy. Again, we're at talkaspirit.com. That's where you can go for all of our links, social media links, ways to get a hold of us, Discord, all that good stuff. Uh, let's just jump into it because we got a lot to go through again. And I don't want to keep Chris too long because apparently he's got to go to sleep because he's a normie. Well, you, you, when when we figure out how to how to without drugs, uh, keep keep somebody up 24 hours a day, seven days a week, we will be <laughs> Why on board. Why do you emphasize that so much? <laughs> Cause I, I'll be, I'll be the tape. You know, you know, people. Whenever uh, you say, yeah, tape, Just right? Tape. <laughs> whenever I say something like that, Fish somebody hooks. will put drugs down at the bottom. Fish of it. hooks or yeah. something. Uh-huh. Just hook it right in the eyelid and yank it upwards. Anyways, Johanna the Parhelion is our first one. Uh, Sunshine in the mirror, or Genjutsu no Johanna, Sunshine in the mirror. Streaming on Crunchyroll for thirteen episodes, done by Sunrise, based on a web manga. And the genres are fantasy and probably happiness and sugar plums, fairies, all that kind of stuff. There is fairies in there. Uh, anyways. Yeah, I don't know about happiness, though. For those unaware, Yohani the Parhelion essentially is a fantasy where it takes all the characters from the Love Live franchise, or at least Love Live Sunshine, takes all those characters and sits them in a fantasy setting. Now, it's not an isekai because they're the same, like, appearance and everything and character, but they're just not in that world or in the fantasy world. So you don't have to watch Love, Life, Sunshine if you don't want to watch the idol show. But it is pretty much an idol show at the same time. Not, not. It's just the performances are there. But anyways, uh, yeah, it follows Yohane. She goes to the big city at some point when she was younger and she wanted to make it big and she keeps failing her auditions and eventually mom cuts her off, <laughs> cuts off the money flow, <laughs> tells her to come back home. When she comes back home, she's pretty much having to learn rediscover her hometown like she hated the idea of growing old in her hometown she hated the place it's out in the sticks there's nothing to do there she wanted to go in the big city make it big thinks it's better there and now she's rediscovering everybody uh reunited with her her sister lilaps and uh gets pulled into meeting new people and eventually gets the band together in a sense power friendship all that good stuff your thoughts on Johanne the parhelion hey i thought it was cute i i really did enjoy kind of this seeing the idol girls in a totally different lifestyle and and what what would they do in 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 this fantasy setting i kind of wish it stuck a little bit more stronger to the idea of the mirror um i that was more kind of an a want from my end is i i really kind of liked the idea of them kind of being almost opposites of their their selves and 
that was kind of one of the things that I was really hoping for, and that didn't quite come come out. But that's not the writer's fault. That's more my fault. All in the end, it did really do well in this kind of um, each one of these characters exploring their personality from the basically character study in a different situation where you would take kind of their personality and then shift them into a different setting and how that would kind of uh, that setting would morph them into a different different person. And and I think that they did really well. They they captured the essence of their personality and still kind of. Um, gave them room to grow Except into this whole. Th- <laughs> that was the weird oddity. I think we talked about in the first impressions, and it never changed. Yohane is just is not Yohane. Yeah, <laughs> like you would think that she'd be like super chuny because that's the whole joke. Is because the original Love Live Sunshine, she's the chuny. She's the one that you know, I, my eye is is got this power behind it, and I can't let it out, kind of thing. And then she they they put her in a fantasy setting where she can do that, and she's like, just hates the town and wants to be wants to do this other thing and then she's learning to befriend people well, it's and like, that's, that's not not that it's a bad thing Johanny this character Johanny is a great character and she is literally like all the growth of a character in the story I, I think that's probably the only negative I can give is the, the side characters are just how they were when they first when Johanny first meets them or is how they are at the end Johanny is the character study she's the one that's developing and growing and that's fine she, great character just it's not Love life, sunshine, Johanna, all except for parents and 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 Seiyu, which is kind of funny. Yeah, I guess there's a little development in Lilaps too. Sort of. I I'm I'm very very burned by Lilaps. <laughs> you don't like Lilaps? No, they 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 Lilapsu. hurt my poor Lilaps. Lilapsu. So yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. It it was it was fun. I I I watched it purely for Johanne. That's about all, all I watched it for. So, and that's the bummer because it wasn't really Johanne. Visually though, it, man, it looks so good. They I, Sunrise has pulled off their CGI work with the performances and stuff. It looks so gorgeous. A lot of they well they did they they had a performance each episode. I, don't, I think there was maybe one episode didn't have a performance, but I think pretty much every episode had a performance. Pretty much everyone. I want to say, yeah, I, I, I want to say there was one, maybe two episodes that didn't have a performance. Yeah, I want to say there was, or... didn't. Um, but yeah, they, they, they do a really good job of kind of blending it in. I mean, it doesn't, there was maybe a couple episodes where the performance felt very forced, and it's usually because suddenly, I don't know, where all the girls get together and they're doing a performance. It's like, wait, did they did they work together to plan this, this performance out? <laughs> like, how are they randomly singing together? Um, but for the most part, it kind of make it fit, uh, especially Johanny, because she wants to sing. So she'll just be out in the forest and, you know, Lilaps will say, can you sing a song for me? She sings a song. Uh, so most of the songs themselves and the performances are actually fitting into the show. Um, and they look gorgeous. The overall visual style of the entire show was great. I mean, Sunshine or Sunshine, Sunrise, <laughs> uh, they know their profits are in Love Live. It's a it's a big, big property for them. So they put that. They put that polish into their animation, and so it visually looks great. The performances were great. Um, the the voice acting was great. The emotion and everything was portrayed really well. I I, I think my only I think my only misgiving is really towards the later part of the show. I I think it had a very strong like first three quarters of this show. I really did like the characters. I really liked Johanne. Again, I think the side characters are really weak. The rest of the the rest of the main girls. They really didn't do anything with them. They're just kind of, like I said before, how they were when they were introduced is how they were at the end. There's no development. There's no character to them. It's just they're their archetype. 
Um, Hanamaru is going to say her zaraz and try to get Yohane to to connect with people. Ruby still loves her sister. <laughs> um, every character kind of plays out the same. I, I think the only kind of... Um, the only exception that I think was probably Marty. I, I, I did like her character. I mean, it she was literally isolated and kind of comes out of that shell. And so that was obviously a lot of development for her character. And I really did like her character. But the rest of the characters were kind of just there. And that was kind of the only upset that I really had. And I, I do think that the overall story wasn't that great. I did like the whole thing with Johanna and Lilaps for sure. Um, a lot of emotion there. But I think the overall story was just kind of very shrug for me. But I, I think the biggest surprise that I have is really just how much I enjoyed the show even still. Like I literally came to the show going, okay, let's see this experiment. Let's see Johanna in her own, what should be her, her, her natural environment, which wasn't really the case, but it turned out to be a really enjoyable show. I really enjoyed Johanna's character and her coming out of her shell and meeting people and discovering how, basically discovering purpose. It's kind of like what I was talking about with the Tellier Rise of this season. It's really the two shows where it kind of shows a character that had no purpose, had no joy, and really kind of discovering it and finding a way that they can kind of contribute to people around them in a positive way. So it was really cute in the end. I, I, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. I kind of came into this as a curious, <laughs> a curious test that ended up being really good. So yeah, Johanne, the Barhelion. Moving on, Sugar Apple Fairy Tale Part 2. Or second season, whatever you want to call it. I don't care. I think it's part two. Uh, yeah, this one, for those who don't know, the first part was essentially opening up with On Halford. This is a world where humans and fairies live side by side. At some point, the humans trick the fairies by taking their wings, realizing that if they steal one of their wings, if they crush it, it can basically make the fairy feel like their heart is being crushed. So they steal the wings from the fairies, put them in a bag, and keep them so that they can basically uh, force them to do what they wanted to do. Jump forward, we have On Halford. She's being raised by her mother. And her mother is a sweets confectionist. She makes sugar apple uh, confections and stuff like that. And she passes on her knowledge to on. At one point, at one point, her mother passes away, and she wants to make become a confectionist, um, which you have to go to the kingdom and be decreed by the king through a competition to be ma uh, made into a uh, sugar apple fairy, sugar apple confectionist. There's a name for a, it. I thought it was silver. Something having to do with silver. Silver sugars. Silver sugar. I forget. <laughs> I think it is several. It is several. Silver sugar. It's made with the apples. Right. Silver apples. They make sugar and then they make it into confections. Anyway, she has to get decreed by the king by winning the competition. That way, she can be a real profession at that and be able to make ones that her mother can pass on uh, peacefully. Anyways, uh, she gets betrayed. Fails the competition, still strives for it. Going into the second part, everybody hates her still, right? Right? No, Not, no, no. I mean, there's one guy that hates her, but for the most part, they chilled on it. Yes, for those who don't know, my part one impressions was I like On Halford, I like Chalet. They're a great couple. Um, the the concept here is that On Halford, when she was traveling to the kingdom, she had to have protection, so she ended up buying a fairy, which was Chalet. And she told Shalai that she didn't want to use him, so she would free him once they got there safely. Um, and so it kind of concerns that whole thing where she's being a part of this this world that accepts the idea that you can enslave fairies, but she claims that she's going to let him go and wants to be his friend. 
Uh, but yeah, going into part two, and and the, and the joke in the part one was that it just felt like every two seconds, Anhofer's running into a jerk guy that wants her to die, <laughs> and it was so kind of comically dumb how everybody she ran into was just a nasty person, and so it was it was literally like this world where only Anhofer and all the fairies are good people, and everybody else is just jerks. Going to part two, they chilled out on that a lot. Um, like I joked about, yeah, there's technically one character that isn't like Unhalford, but it makes sense. Uh, but for the most part, it, it kind of the reason why it gets around that issue from the part one is that there's a focus in part two. Part, part two kind of opens up with her taking over a workshop and she's trying to get them out of the red. And so the way they figure out how to get them out of the red is to join this competition for decorating the main church for this festival. And so she goes in this competition to be chosen by the church to make it make the stuff for the church, and that'll pay off their debts. And um, having that focus of basically bringing this workshop out of the red kind of gave it a good focus that it can get away from just bringing another jerk into the picture that doesn't like her that she needs to work, uh, you know, went over. Um, and then later on, towards the later part of that whole arc, that's where we get into like a major story beat for Chalet and his past. So you're getting into finding out how Shelley might be very important and uh, really a, a big history of the fairies themselves, which was kind of significant. But no, I, I, I did appreciate this season a lot more. This was a very much a step up from the first season. Like I said, I, I struggled the first season because I loved on Hallford and Shelley's kind of chemistry. I liked a lot of characters like Mytho the Zapato. I think she's a fantastic, or he's a fantastic character. Whatever it is, if you want to gender a, a fairy, I, it, it's Reed Takahashi, so that's why I say she. Um, but it technically should be a boy. I think it says Boku. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, I, I appreciate those characters, but I hate everybody else. Like, it was like, I like these characters. The rest, just, I hate. Get off the screen. Especially, what was that dude's name? I forget. Oh, uh, Jonas. Yeah, he's right there. Jonas. <laughs> Jonas was a terrible character, and he's still a terrible character. I only met him for, like, five minutes, and I despised him. That's all it takes. <laughs> That's all it takes. Um, and he keeps showing up, but he's still a jerk. And for some reason, he somehow shows up wherever Anhofer goes. Like, this big country. And for some reason, Jonas is always there. Um, yeah, they try to redeem him, and I'm like, no. No. It's all right. But no, part two was much, much better. And like I said, I think it's because it had a focus. Um, getting people together getting through this whole ordeal, a uh, lot into the, the past of this certain facility they have to go to in order to make their confections, and then kind of going into a bigger plot line about Chalet and the fairies. And I, I think it worked out very well, um, which was great, because I think it's a huge step up from the first... I don't know what I gave the first season. I want to say I gave it like a three or... Maybe I... I think I gave it a four or five. Because like I said, I I, I really did like on Hoffer and Chalet, so I probably gave it a four out of ten or a five out of ten. This season's probably more up in the six or seven. It was a lot better. A lot better of a season. So it's it's kind of one of those things where you're either in on this train or not. I, I would say if you watch the first season and you, you're you okay with it, but there was that, that problem around the quote-unquote villain characters. I wouldn't even call them villain characters. Um, antagonists that she bumps into. Just, just know that part two is a lot better. It's visually still a very beautiful show. I, I think a lot of the character designs are fantastic, especially Ons. Um, and I, I think the chemistry between Anhofer and Shalai just gets even better and better as it goes in part two, which has me kind of wanting another season of it. But I don't know. I, I think I'm satisfied. I think I'm satisfied with part two's ending. So it's not like I really need it. I think every character pretty much got a really solid kind of story beat added to them as a group unit. I don't think they really spent too much time 
individually on characters, which was kind of a good thing. I think they balanced that very well. But um, it was a solid it was a solid conclusion to it. So and it kind of still left a even though they did de- dive into Shalai's character, which I think is supposedly it, it seemed like it was the more deeper plot line to the the world itself. There's still a hanging thread there, which they could get into eventually, which I'd be interested to see how that turns out. So did you ever see where they showed um, Shalai being born? Yeah, for people listening, um, essentially, the fairies themselves are born from objects. So all it really takes is a living creature, a human, a bird, or whatever. A human creature, or a a living creature has to gaze upon an object. And if there is an innate ability within the thing to produce a fairy, it will produce a fairy. And Chalet was like, um, was it Sidian? I think it's a black obsidian, right? He was like, I think it was obsidian. He was born from obsidian. And um, it was because this, this, I think she was like a noble woman or something like that, gazed upon her, or gazed, gazed upon him in on this hilt. And they kind of brought that whole thing back into the picture. And I didn't really realize it when I watched the first season. I'm like, yeah, technically there's three, there's three gems on that hilt. And so that's like the bigger picture that I think they could possibly get into more of later on. So anyways, season two, part two, huge step up. Um, really enjoyed it. Um, continue to like the the main characters, and um, I would I would take more. So, yeah. Sugar Apudo Fetty Tattoo. Uh, let's see here. Silver sugars. Just don't snort it. The great cleric. I don't know where I was going with that. The great cleric. Uh, Seija Muso Salaryman Isekai de Iki no Koru Tame ni Ayumu Michi. This one uh, ran for 12 episodes done by Yokohama Animation Lab and Cloud Hearts. It was based on a light novel. Genres are fantasy. Opens up with a salary man that gets reincarnated into another world. Uh, gets gets set up kind of a start, starting point by the goddess and given the ability to kind of choose his class and everything. And he chooses to be a healer because he didn't like the idea of having to to get up and close and personal with nasty monsters. So he's like, eh, I'll do the healing job. That sounds like it's, you know, it's a guaranteed work. Everybody needs a healer, right? Uh, he chooses healer, ends up going into town, comes to find out that it seems like people don't like healers that much. And uh, eventually goes to the healer guild where he's uh, introduced to them and everything and gets gets signed up and everything and decides at that point how he wants to train, which was, what was it? The Spartan way, which was like brute force. There was the... Go to a school, which would get you debt. And then there was the become an apprentice. Pretty uh, much, which takes yeah. forever. Yeah. And he decides to go the Spartan route, obviously, because that's funnier. Eventually, he joins the Adventure Guild, where he wants to get stronger. And uh, he ends up meeting Broad. And Broad's, like, the leader of the Adventure Guild. Brings him downstairs and then starts to put him through, like, some rigorous training. In return, um, Lucille, the main character, will heal any adventurers that come in. And so he does that as a, a payment for training under Broad to get physically stronger because he he knows that he's really weak. So yeah, and he starts drinking mysterious goo X or substance something like that. X. Substance X, mysterious substance X, which rank like stinks terribly, and everybody thinks he's a what they call him zombie, maso zombie, maso zombie, <laughs> maso zombie. Anyways, your your thoughts on the great cleric, a world. That hates healers because all the cler- all the all the clinics charge like massive amounts of money and put people in debt just to heal them. 
I'm about where I was when I was uh, doing the first impression on this one. I he is. He's literally in the same chair, yeah, about the same location, exactly the same spot. Um, Are you I have the same not. Thing? I have not shifted. I have sat here. I thought you were gonna say I have time. not showered. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that smell was. No, I, I I feel about the same as I did. I I there is a lot of things about this show that I do like, um, but at the same time, I really really don't care for the comedy. It's it's funny that we're we're actually mentioning the at least I am. I'm I'm pretty I'm almost positive Andrew is probably going to go down the same route. The comedy in this show just does not work um, for me. Um, I do like a lot of the subtext the world that they they have built here the kind of concepts that they're building i to give you an idea the 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 joke uh uh andrew bringing up the substance x that actually is one of the weird things about this show that i really do kind of like they they finally do this big reveal on um on substance x as this kind of um shifting um pretty much knocking down your ability to gain experience but at the um on the flip side you gain these massive buffs to your uh to your stats and i think that's and really cool. one other detrimental thing for a male yeah well yeah, that's, a, that's aside from the point <laughs> but um, let's be honest he didn't have it anyways a male protagonist character <laughs> of an a, anime he's a lucky lecher he doesn't have it um <laughs> he didn't he, he's a male character in an anime that's not a hentai. He's not going to... Yeah, anyways. But, yeah, the, the, I love the concept of these these little tidbits that they're going through and uh, through the entire show. I mean, um, kind of flipping the entire healer thing on its on its head with, you know, most most situations, everybody loves the healer. Well, what if there was a, a situation where pretty much everybody hates the healers? Why? What would cause the entire situation to flip on its head into that situation well they they dig into that i i really like the world that they have built here and um and lucille for all all intents and purposes he's a really cool guy i do really like lucille um he's he's just this kind of he's not a bumbling fool but he's definitely bumbling through this 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 entire entire situation and I, I, I do gen genuinely like him. Um, and most of the situations that they, they're, they're, go that are going through in everything, it, it's really, it is a great show. I do like it, except for the comedy. I hate the comedy. Yeah. First off, I, I hate the visual style. I really don't like the visual style at all. I hate the designs. I hate the V chin thing going on. The, it's literally like the whole show is a it, it, for people that don't know is Ikemen like like pretty boys they're usually like in shojo visual novels and stuff like that they just have like these triangle or these these triangle chin thing going on they're super elongated uh, I hate I hate the design I I really do um that si that aside animation wise it was okay it, it it functioned it wasn't a great looking show but it it was enough that makes it not terrible. That aside, I don't know. This is kind of going in this realm of shows lately that I'm not sure I'm liking the trend towards where it's... We'll talk about another one here in a minute. This idea of these shows where it's just all about let's show you concept, 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 and there's no real kind of value to it overall. I mean, this show does surprisingly have a through-line story that does, and I almost feel like they probably forced it in the end, 
it does have a conclusive end to it. Like he, there is something accomplished, something really big accomplished that need to be accomplished. But at the same time, it is kind of one of those shows where it feels like the journey itself is just let's keep doing this thing over and over again. And I don't really feel like there's enough in-betweens that makes it interesting. It's just for was it like the entire second half is literally just a labyrinth. It's like, let's just keep digging in this labyrinth. And it's like, mm-hmm. I just I, I don't <laughs> I don't care. Like at some point I'm like, OK, he's at this floor now. I don't really care. And he's alone. So there's no there's no like chemistry or no character uh stuff going on except for when he gets back and he has he's achieved something suddenly everyone wants to talk to him i just feel like the late like the first half was a lot of characters it was brawn it it was brought it was um the all the receptionists that are all thirsty for him um there's some chemistry there there's a a failed attempt at regrets over his own failures as a as a healer which was was completely kind of rearranged from the at least the manga that i looked at the comedy doesn't fit, and I've I stated before in the first impressions, I don't feel like the, it's supposed to be funny like that. The manga, at least, wasn't. I don't know how the light novel was. The light novel's covers look like it's super serious, so I'm assuming that they try to throw some comedy in here just to make this more appealing to somebody. I don't know who found that stuff funny. So there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of issues here that I think are mostly stemmed around the studio, the style, the choice of the comedy. Um, some of the writing there, I think, is kind of at their fault. But I, I think the biggest miss the show has is that its its deeper plot line doesn't need to even be there. Early on, there's a lot of emphasis on the idea that this is supposed to be a world that everybody hates healers, but they need healers. So adventurers come back from adventuring, and their buddy has got a big old bite mark in his side, and he's bleeding out. There's people that are literally saying, I'll just have to die here because if I go to a clinic, they're going to they're going to charge me so much. I'll be in debt forever. I'll be, you know, basically sold by them off to for servitude. And it's like, well, but you're going to die. So what does it really matter? I guess it's a fate worse than death is, is for servitude. And I can definitely see that, but there was like so much emphasis put onto this idea that these healers are terrible. And he has one run in with them. That's it. Like one run in with a, another healer. It's like this, this entire place is supposed to be full of clinics and, Everybody hates them, but Lucille never really runs into them. And you would think that he'd run into them more because he's doing it practically for free. And you would think that they don't like that. And only one person confronts him. And it was such a short little shrug moment. And then it kind of just moves on from there. And yes, technically, it bites him in the butt that he gets kind of forced to go somewhere else because of it. But it just felt like a waste of time in the end. Um, even having that as like this major focal point for literally half the show was about how terrible healers are and he's a great person for being a good healer so i don't know it, it's got a lot of setup it has some interesting aspects there that i don't think they kind of fell th- fall through with but at the same time it wasn't a terrible show i did i did enjoy all the way through just i i feel like sometimes i was kind of just going okay stop the dungeon stuff just kind of move on from here let's go let's go meet a character let's go get some development or something like that outside of here not just grinding a dungeon on nonstop. See, so yeah, I'm very mixed. I'm very mixed on the great, the great cleric. I wish it looked better. I just hate the female designs. I mean, where where are you at on that? The female designs? Yeah, I didn't you, mind them. You like the Ikemen style? They they were all right. <laughs> I, I I wasn't I wasn't big on them. They're not my favorites, yeah. but they didn't bother me. Yeah, I don't think the male designs were that bad. I like Lucy's Lucy's was fine. Broad looked fine. This is, like I said, I think it's just really the female designs. 
I don't like the chins. The chins creep me out. <laughs> the chins creep me out, man. They look like, I don't know, sheriff badges. The sheriff badge chins? Is that is that a good is that a good uh, comparison? Anyways, uh, great, great color. There you go. My unique skill makes me OP even at level one. This is what I was talking about earlier that we're going to talk about in a minute. It's like literally right after it. <laughs> My unique skill makes me OP even at level one. Or level one Dakido. Unique skill day. Saikyo desu. This one uh, is done by Maho Films, the source of the light novel. Genres are adventure fantasy. And this follows uh, Ryota, or as they call him, Yoda. Because apparently, even though they can all speak Japanese, apparently they can't say Ryota. Which is kind of a funny thing that I think about it. Anyways, uh, <laughs> it's only one of them that can, can't say it. <laughs> they all call him Yoda. Well, yeah, I guess it was No, she Yoda. called him Yoda. The other one called him Ninjin. Yeah, well, that's a, the joke being level one. Anyways. <laughs> Uh, anyways, yeah, he, he suddenly, he was, he's being overworked in his previous life, and then at some point, he just shows up inside of a dungeon in his other world as a drop. Like, this Emily Brown was killing slimes there, and he just became a drop there. And she kind of, you know, realized this, and they have this conversation, and she ends up showing him the rope, the, the ropes, because he's stuck there. But essentially, in this world, everything is a dungeon drop. Like, if you want carrots, if you want wood to build a house, if you want nails... Everything in this world is from drops from dungeons. You can't build anything, apparently, in this world. <laughs> There's no other resources anywhere else. No, um, apparently they can build it. They just have to build it from drops. Yeah, right, right, right. Anyways, yeah. So she shows him the ropes. Ends up finding out that he is level one in this new world. There's like this little console thing you can go to, and it tells you your level and your drops and all that kind of stuff. And yes, he's level one out of one, so he can't ever level up. And additionally... He's his stats were pretty terrible, but on the second screen where it shows all their drops, he's S rank, which is like unheard of. Like, like even Emily's like that must be like a really low uh, letter, and he's like, no, S is usually above A. So yeah, he he kills something uh, with the help of Emily, and it drops a whole crap crap ton of stuff, and he uses this to his advantage to getting lots of loot. Ends up kind of paying for a house for him and Emily to stay at, uh, just kind of repay her for giving him a nice meal because he never got to, you know, eat with other people in his previous life because he was working so hard. And, uh, yeah, just use his loot skills to, to kind of game the system and get, get good stuff and gain the interest of a, a rabbit girl because he gets really big carrots from his kills and, um, yeah, helps some girl. Not just big carrots, the best carrots. Yes. If you gave her the wrong carrot, she will punch you. Yes. Dead or carrot? No, she will. She will uh, like rabbit chop you. She'll dead dead or carrot? Uh huh. Yeah. So your 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 thoughts? I actually really enjoyed this show. Um, I I thought it was a lot of fun. There's a lot of kind of cool little things that we're digging in into and uh, during the uh, course of the show. My kind of caveat is I kind of this is one of those that I think is really kind of more geared towards light novel reading. Um, and I, is this a light novel? Yeah. Yeah. The the title is longer Uh, than four words. (laughs) Longer than four words, obviously. Um, this is one of those that, um, you can almost tell just because of how much the character is in, um, kind of focused around, digging into experimenting and so when when you have that that's obviously there's there's a lot more going on in his head than is actually going on on the screen and i 
kind of got frustrated with that. So yeah, and it, it 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 translated kind of decently with the cute characters. Kind of keeps things going in a, in a lot of cases, but. Um, I believe there was probably a lot more to the world systems than they kind of dug into. Um, just going off of my previous experience of other shows. So, yeah, I I liked it. Um, kind of more interested in seeing what the light novel has to present to me. And it, then I would probably deem whether or not I like it a lot better or not. As it stands right now, the show was fine. I like how after a while, it just didn't seem like I cared about even getting into much effort into recruiting girls. Alice was the greatest because it's literally like, who's that girl? Oh, yeah, she's been looking for a party. Chief guy shows up and he goes, Alice, join our party. <laughs> it's like, OK, there's another lolly here. Let's just let her join the family. All right, move on. Um, yeah, first of all, I, I've made it very well known that I'm not a big fan of Maho films. I continue to not like their adaptations because they just animation wise are crap and that's another case with this one i think overall it just was not a good looking show uh, at least the character designs are good <laughs> unlike the previous one i like the character designs but animation wise it was pretty bad like that whole i still can't get out of my head the whole scene when they first meet the chief the chief is basically this guy that's like this war veteran guy that's going through the dungeons and he has these two lackeys that he's trying to beat into shape and the reason why it's important story-wise to Ryota is because the guy treats his two subordinates like a black company, which is what he used to be a part of. And so he immediately has, like, PTSD watching this 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 night chief guy um, treating his two workers terribly. And um, it's just that whole scene looked so bad. Like, visually, this looks so bad. Because Ryota and Emily are over here sitting down eating at his little picnic, picnic in the middle of the labyrinth. And... It just looks, it just looked horrible. Visuals aside, um, I was intrigued by the setup early on. I, I do like, I think it's kind of a fascinating concept, this idea that everything comes from dungeons and obviously he's going to be OP because he's got S rank loot and that's his only benefit. And I did actually like the idea of at some point out of nowhere, this, you know, this basically Japan labyrinth shows up out of nowhere and he's the only one that can get loot from there because everybody that goes in there, nothing drops the monsters. And, but he's like, well, let me check it out. So he goes in there, kills something, and sure enough, he gets these little gems that helps his stats. And so that's the way that he becomes overpowered. So even though it says, like, my unique skill makes me OP even at level one, yeah, technically that's literally it because it makes everything about him super OP. Um, even though he can never level up, it doesn't really matter because all his stats are going to get maxed out. Um, and that was kind of interesting. I, I, I thought that was it, was it was a clever concept added to it. But I think as as it went on, I think the breaking point for me with the the overall mechanics of the world was probably where they got into the strays, which the, what the stray concept is, is that apparently if you ever leave a drop unattended or not, you're not near it and you leave it out in the middle of nowhere, it can turn into a monster outside the dungeon. So you go into the dungeon, you kill a slime and it drops something and then you go outside and you put it on the ground and then you walk away from it. It can turn into a stray that will attack people and not have drops. And so he starts experimenting with that idea by taking drops and dropping out outside. And so what that turns into is every time he goes to the dungeon, he greets something, he immediately goes outside and he puts it on the ground, he kills it again, and then he gets something stupid. And it, that just kind of keeps, it kind of does that back and forth between um, Nihonium, which is the Japanese dungeon, um, regular dungeons, and the loot that he gets and killing strays. And it's just like back and forth and he's experimenting back and forth with each one of them, getting items and stuff that are doing things. And at some point it just kind of got, 
I don't care anymore. <laughs> like, it wasn't interesting at some point. It's like, okay, I can't wait to see what he gets when he drops it outside. Oh, yeah, it spawned something. He got more bullets. Yay. It, 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 it got old. And I can sort of agree with Chris in the idea that that's probably something that's more interesting in the light novel as it kind of breaks down some sort of thought process there. But honestly, reading that would probably be I, I, I give I give that to Chris, like if that's something that he's into. But something that when I think about it is like, I don't know that I really want to read that. I'm I'm more I, I do like world building. I like mechanics and stuff, but this type of mechanics and stuff, unless there's something really cool underneath it, that's just not being shown. I don't think I'd care to read it. Um, yeah, it's just I, I think the other utter utter lack of characters and stuff outside of that stuff is where it started to kind of die for me. I got a huge kick out of the bunny girl, Eve. I think she was a huge blast every time she was on the screen. But And yes, Emily was super pure-hearted. Um, but I think outside of that, I just got really bored of the show overall beyond a certain point. So it's got a cool, interesting concept. Just kind of beats it to death, <laughs> I guess, is the main key thing. It's like, there's nothing really here. There's a little bit of development around Ryoto and his, Ryota and his his struggle with the fact that yes, he kind of pushed himself too hard and Emily has to kind of stop him every now and then and say, you know, don't over, don't overwork yourself because obviously he's, he's used to kind of overworking himself because that's what he did in his previous life. Um, every now and then again, seeing like the chief and how he's overworking his people and he sees himself in that whole situation. But at, at some point it's like, yeah, you're not really selling it. Like you're, you're trying to do some kind of PTSD overworked kind of thing in there, but it's like, I have to remind myself every now and then, like, oh, yeah, that's right. He was from a previous world and overworked. I don't care. It's just, like, like not enough emotion there, I guess. I, I think the the very first scene with him eating with Emily and him breaking down because he's never ate with somebody in a long time was like, yeah, I kind of kind of hit there. But after a while, I was like, I don't care. <laughs> like, you're not selling me on his character at all. And he seems like a dork running around shooting things. So, yeah. It is what it is. It, it, was, it was an okay show in the end, so... <laughs> kick out the fact that every time you went to Nihonium, they're just, for some reason, there with the this princess is in Nihonium with all of her servants around her, and she's, she's a just, freaking idol. I love she's it. She's just hitting things and killing things, and they're and they're just he, he trying even, to suck into a box it. to he, sell it. I don't he, know what the hell they were doing in there. He even throws it the the guy. You could sell her undimensionables, and he's like, that's true. This is brilliant. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> No, I I don't know. It's it's one of those things. That I do get a kick out of the the weird, um, almost gaming mechanics in some of these uh, isekais. I it's one of those. I I don't know if if I just kind of like the idea of the end payoff. Um, I mean, maybe, I like the idea they, of like you know twisting the mechanics and breaking the world itself, but. Like, this one in Great Cleric, it's like, it felt like it was just too much. Like, I just don't care after a while. It's like, now you're just making up things. Well, what does he do when he brings it out there? Like, there's no point to it. That's where I, again, I think it might work out with the light novel. It's like, at some point, it's just him going, okay, I killed this slime and I got a beat. Better go throw it outside. Oh, I got a freeze bullet. It's like, is there, a, like, a system here? Or is it just, oh, we we need to have a this ability for him now. So let's just have him throw something outside well, again so he I, gets a bullet for the, it the the outside the the strays system was kind of interesting but yeah i agree there's the 
there's the grindy aspect, which I can see, and that's that's a, if I remember right, I think that I kind of mentioned that with um, with uh, Harem Labyrinth is there's a grindy aspect, and I don't know that they, how they're going to get around that in in the show. It there is a a, a grinding. I mean, it's like spider so wet and slime. It's like I, I know that people didn't mind that kind of stuff. I mean, even also with sword, sword, uh, sword dad show. It's like, granted, with like sword dad and slime, it was very short, very quick, right? But I just I don't need a whole season of it. Like at some point, it's like, oh, I killed this snake, and then a bunch of skills pop up on the screen with a narrator. Well, how it's like, would Stop. you how would you deal with that? I mean, doing a doing a quick montage i guess to a point but you're 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 missing out on possible character moments that's one of the with down- this show or like spider in general in general well spider uh, didn't have really anybody she was interacting with slime he wasn't interacting with anybody sword daddy he wasn't interacting with anybody this show he's interacting with other people i don't know it, it's just i don't you can easily just like Pop a, a transition screen that says obtain these skills and list them on there. And if somebody wants to pause and look at all of them, they can look at them all. <laughs> like who like what skills did the sword daddy get in the early moments of that show? Quite a few of his OP ones. <laughs> Which one? I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> Nobody can tell you. That's like spider. So what? What abilities does she get during those like what? First five, six episodes? Spider uh, weaving. I just went through the novel. I know. <laughs> Cheater. <laughs> Nobody cares. Like in the end, nobody cares because you're thinking about yes, those greater moments of Spider. So what? You're you're thinking about the later parts where, yeah, you're questioning who's the who she is, what timeline timeline she's in, all that kind of stuff, and then you're worrying about the stupid heroes and the human side of it. I don't know. I shrug. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 all all fun. Another it's just like a this could be negative Andrews uh, podcast episode. <laughs> liar liar is the next one done by Geek Toys. That great studio. Uh, Source of the light novel genres are etchy. That's a lie. Psychological romance. I don't know where that etchy came from. I think I've questioned that in the first impressions too. This follows Hiroto as he goes to this island of schools. Um, it's like these prestigious schools. There's like multiple schools on this one island and all of them kind of run on the same system where when you get into one of these schools, they give you a phone. It's got like the whole app system and everything in it is geared around competitions that people can have at any point. You can essentially battle somebody else in the school premise and you basically play a game together and whoever wins can gain a star from the other person and the best of the best in this kind of um, this entire school. Island is the higher stars, lower stars. You can pretty, pretty much eventually get kicked out if I remember correctly. But yeah, um, Hiroto joins the school. Um, he's go- he's supposed to be going there for a reason. I don't even think they ever said what that reason was. I think it's something to do with his sister. Um, he's looking for somebody. He comes to school. He's lost. He can't find his school. He ends up bumping into Sarasa Sayonji, and she agrees to help him find where his school is. And she even talks him through the whole process of the phone themselves and the app. And then she gets sprayed by a sprinkler and she thinks that he was that he did everything just to prank her. And so she challenges him, uh, ends up losing to him because she was too worried about the fact that her clothes were wet. And um, he ends up gaining her secret star. Like there's like, was it like seven or something like that? Secret scars in the school. There's a certain amount of secret stars in the school that all no, have different I think abilities. There's like seven colored stars. Yeah. I don't know what the difference between the freaking color scar- stars and the stars is, but there's there's seven secret stars that are the colored stars, and those ones have special abilities 
that only certain people have and it, you can steal them from them and, but you won't know that you stole a color star until you've actually defeated the person who has the color star which is blah, important blah, blah, blah. because with sionji that star allows you to say one line and uh, it is not rebuilt but unless they, but somebody else gets the star but here the secret stars they know who has this freaking secret colored stars even though they don't know who has them i I think the only thing they ever know. said was that there's one in every school or something like that. Right. Like each one's but supposed they, to have but one. When, when, but yeah, at some point they uh, said they had to When the guy who was it. obsessed with Sarasa walked up and he, they found they knew he, he had the Indigo Star or something stupid like that. Yeah. But anyways, Hiroto gets his star. Um, she immediately tells him, don't tell anybody my secret. And he's like, didn't even know the stupid star gate. <laughs> he didn't even know that it allows you to see the last person's lie or something like that. So he... She just confessed to him that, yeah, she's not the real Sarasa Sayonji. Um, she's actually like a a double that's taking her place because the real one got kidnapped and she wants him to keep the secret while she stays there. And he kind of agrees to it and they help each other out because if he loses, again, that star can go to somebody else and then Sayonji will, the next person will know that Sayonji's secret. So, yeah, he goes to school. They have competitions. People are jealous. They fight each other, battle, duel. Um, he's joined by essentially the the head of the school that he's in, the headmaster and mistress there um, knows the fact that he just got this star and he's a fake seven star. So uh, she wants him to essentially keep winning um, because obviously it looks good to her school, uh, claiming that Sionji's father will hate him for a fluke win against his daughter. And so he has to not fail. And so she assigns him this maid that works for this company that hacks the systems and stuff like that. Apparently everything's really easily hacked, which makes you wonder why it's even a system. Um, and so they, they help him out by hacking the game so that he can win some of them. But for the most part, he just uses his own smarts to get through it. Clever, clever tricks and stuff to, to win each battle. Even though he's a one star technically that has crappy skills. So your, your thoughts. Well, that I'm was gonna, the worst synopsis ever. I just, I, I half the show. I didn't care. I, I, <laughs> I actually like, set this entire thing up this is like a 99 year uh process of building this entire thing up so that i could bring all of this according to keikaku to annoy the crap out of andrew so he would watch this show and be annoyed so you can all thank me for my keikaku in making andrew upset what i did get out of this show though is a cute lolly named sheena uh, so everybody, yeah, she's heterochromia and she is. And she just wants awesome. to play games, and she wants to play games. Um, but that's no, literally, the only that's about all I got about the show. show. <laughs> <laughs> is the Keikaku that and annoys was, Andrew? And, and I say was kind of cute too. <laughs> I mean, no, Imagi and Sionji were cute too. Yeah, they were. Um, I I did like a lot of the girls. I it just this show really didn't do much for me. I. I kind of liked the gamey aspect at the beginning, um, but eventually it just became monotonous. I, I didn't really get much out of it at a certain point. It became too... They The, the problem with this is they were trying to one-up themselves every episode, They it, 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 and it became more and more um, obnoxiously grand. Um, and to the... To the what fourth or fifth uh game that they got into there there was 
like three levels of the game. There was the game to get into as a wild card, and there then the the, the main Pokemon game, ba- the Pokemon battle, the Pokemon battle uh, to get into the <laughs> with a main game as a level character, <laughs> yeah, as a as a wild card, and then you're in the main game. But the main game's already going, so eventually you get, become a wild card to get in there to do what? Because at some point they all the main characters are already dominating the main game, so. What the wild card is going to do, I don't know, except for Keikaku, because he will be able to d- handle everything. Um, and he can handle being a wild card in an unwinnable situation. And then you have this absurd, like, third level to the second level to the third. I don't know. It At, at some point, it became super convoluted, and it it just became monotonous. I, I, I wasn't finding much amusement outside of, oh, cute lolly. Did you like the fact that, like, the person that she was working for suddenly randomly somehow managed to hack in from his computer and his tower to control her in the video in the game? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, this is the, the funny thing about the why I'm laughing is because this is one of those stories kind of like Classroom of the Elite where it's like you graduating this school with high rank stars by competing with each other in games is what makes you successful in real in the real world. Sort of makes sense with, you know, Classroom Elite, that kind of system. But it's like, with how terribly secure this this whole system is, how does that how does that work? Because they're hacking this stuff like crazy. Like, none of this stuff is working out. And even the competition, she's being essentially blackmailed into allowing it to happen. The, the referee girl is, like, broadcasting this whole thing, and she's letting all this crap happen. It's like... There's a mole in the game. Like, she's not even who she is. There's two of the same person. Somebody shut down this game because obviously this isn't working. It's not logical anyway. Um, it was just... It was dumb. I I don't know that there was really anything about this show that I actually liked. I, Like I said, I technically thought the, the girls were cute. And the, some of the chemistry between him and the characters were fun. But it kind of comes down to one of those things where it is a competition show about... You know, yes, we joke about the Kikaku kind of stuff. It gets into that cult element where he gets into a competition with somebody. It looks like he's going to lose. At the very end, he pulls something out of his butt and says, this is what we planned. Okay. And then it goes to the next competition. And they sit there and they spend half an episode explaining how the game works. And I'm like, don't bother explaining it because I know none of this is going to play out this way. Yeah, sure enough, they play the game. Nothing's going well. He's, He's got his back to a corner. And then he pulls something on his butt and says, there it is. It worked. Boom. Cast roll. It's just kind of after the third time, it's like, I don't care anymore. I was like, I almost just want to skip to the end to see what the what the Keikaku was. And he wins the game and everything moves on. I, I don't think there was really nothing I really liked about the show. I mean, it didn't look terrible. Didn't look great either. Didn't look good. <laughs> didn't look great. but didn't look terrible. Um, they had cute characters. Yeah. That doesn't look bad. Like I said with the first impressions, I joked about it because the genre, for some reason, I don't know where I got it from the the genre tag, Echi. I think it's from the manga. The manga has Echi. Um, if they had Echi in the show, I probably would like it more. Yeah. (laughs) Just, there you go. Just, just, you should have added Echi. I don't know why you're not. Um, it's probably because of geek toys. I don't know. That's liar, liar. Pants on fire. Shrug. God, it's going to be a super Andrew, negative Andrew episode. Did you watch Temple? Yep. Tempudu. 
No I one can it. live on loneliness. Um, yeah, this one was by Gecko Studio. Web manga is the source. Comedy, romance, etchy. This one has etchy. That's a that's a true that's a true tag. That's a true tag. Anyways, uh, yeah, this follows a guy who always looked up to his dad, thought he was the coolest dude ever, and then when he grew up, he realized that no, his dad was a womanizer and uh, essentially just like ruined everybody's lives that he was around. Um, and at some point he just ditched his father, just disappeared, let them be with a massive debt. And, uh, he decided to live the rest of his life trying to hide from the, the sake of his father. Like he even goes to school and everything. And every now and then he'll, people will be like, Oh, you're Akagami. So it's like this, this, the ghost of his dad constantly haunts him. <laughs> but yes, he eventually, uh, at some point ends up bumping into this girl that was walking down the street and he gets, uh, He's like love at first sight and he hates the idea of falling in love because he doesn't want to be like his dad who was just a womanizer. So he decides to quit school and join an, a, um, a become a monk, basically. So he goes to this one place, this nunnery. He goes to this one temple, which ends up becoming a nunnery, which ends up being a nunnery. Um, and so he shouldn't be there, but he's there anyways. And he comes to find out, yeah, that place is in massive debt and he's going to help him. That was a place that had the 20 million debt. And so he's going to he's going to help them replenish that money to kind of make good on what his father did and uh yeah everybody for the most part like the first couple episodes the usual harem type show like this where everybody's trying to get him kicked out by doing different things and he somehow managed to get around it all and then eventually wins over everybody's heart and lots of etchy shenanigans happens at some point they have to figure out who's going to actually run the nunnery in the place of kiki who's leaving and um yeah, uh, Yuzuki steps up because her mother used to run the place and she wants to follow in her mother's footsteps. So there's story in there somewhere. Thoughts? There was story in there? Yeah. I just thought there was excuses to do. Mia's parents are just like Akagami's. They're, they're sex crazed too. And she wants to get away from that. So she wants to be, she wants to be away from lewd thoughts. And then you have Kagura, which apparently is a part of a family that is whole purpose is to make sure that Mia's family is as naughty as possible. possible. Exactly. But that totally makes sense. Kiki, like I said, just wants to retire. I don't know that I would call that. Kiki just wants to retire. (laughs) I don't know. Sukuyo just, she, she, Messed up Akagami and he landed on her and then she doki doki on him. I guess that was it. That was a dumb one. <laughs> There's some story I, in there. I don't know that I would call it story. It's just excuses, excuses to have. See, this is do the why joke, this Chris. Is, do the joke, this, Chris. This, There's this lots is, of plot. <laughs> There's lo- lo- loads of plot. Uh, <laughs> loads of plot. Loads of plot. Um, no, I, I. This is this is the perfect example of just etchy, just for the sake of being etchy. I love it. It it was just. Um, but, so much to munch on. I, I, with I, a single T. Why, why? Yeah, there's, there's lots of butt. No, I, but with a single T. I don't, I don't know. Akagami but, is annoying. Anyway, I say it. Akagami is annoying as no, hell. No, he's actually pretty cool. No, he's I actually super thought he was annoying. pretty cool. He's um, like old school harem yelling all the time. <laughs> oh no! I like that he's, he's good with it, even though he doesn't want to be because he wants to be, you know, pure. And transcended, but dude's annoying. He's so loud. I don't know. He wasn't as bad as I. Th- we've seen some really bad uh, dithers, and he was not near the bottom of the pool. He's just loud. He's he's not. He, a bad he's dude. probably he's, he's probably around you know at least two or three foot above the bottom of the pool. I mean, this but, is not a very high bar. Chris. <laughs> 
this is the worst. No, I I actually had a lot of fun. Um, love the art. Um, love the characters. Love the kind of goofy concept that they were they were using to give them all motivations. Um, would sign up for a second season, definitely. <laughs> well, I haven't heard that one in a long time. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Good animation. Good edgy. Uh, would watch again. <laughs> giggity, giggity, giggity. Um, it was all right. Say giddy, giddy. Giggity, giggity. You gotta drop the chin when you do that. No, I, I, yeah, I kind of agree that it's, it's just kind of a, it's been a while since we had like a dumb harem show like this that was actually enjoyable. I mean, yes, technically, I think the last one that we had was like a pure one like this, where it's guy ends up in a in a house full of a bunch of females and an etchy harem nonsense happens. It was probably uh, Mother of Goddess Dormitory, which was equally, I think, is good. Um, so it's, it's kind of refreshing to have these ones that are kind of enjoyable. I think overall, the show wasn't that great looking, except for when it mattered. <laughs> Does it? That's the only time it matters, Andrew. Because like, when it matters, it all it all looks like crap. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, a character falls over, and it's like shine going on. Like they got the polish on that bum and everything. It's they like put they gotta go all on. all the effort money on into this one. Yes, there's all the budget. Suddenly, out of nowhere, the animators have to wake up and they start to draw things. Um, or it's just like a really polished steel that's kind of sliding across the screen. Skill, yeah. Uh, so it, it's it's got the quality, I guess. When it needs it, but it wasn't a good-looking show. I will say that I had quite a few chuckle moments. This was like a, a rare case again where just something pops up that just gets me laughing out of nowhere. Um, I think we point out with like the first impressions where I think it was Mia or something like that was obsessed with Yuzuki and how she can... Uh, she's like this really beautiful archer. And so like they were trying to point out this idea that I, if I remember correctly, it was like her perception of what the reality is was wrong. So they actually have Yuzuki shoot an arrow and she literally pulls it back and she looks beautiful doing it. like it's this beautiful draw and then she let go of the arrow and it literally just like twirls in the air right in front of the bow and then just hits the ground and she just goes oh, it's so amazing <laughs> and it's like what it was funny i i loved mia's character i think she was easily my favorite um and, and i think it's probably because she's so much like akagami and the idea that they're both kind of dealing with the same problem I just hate that uh, uh, Mia comes with Kagura, and I think Kagura was easily the worst character in the show. I got, like, one laugh out of her whole situation where she's trying to make Mia thirsty, but I really hated her soul segment. Like, when she started getting into her... When it started getting into Kagura, it was just like, please move on. I, I really don't care about this segment. I, I like Yuzuki, too. I think she was cute. Um, Sukuyo was all right. I think I had a good cast of girls. I usually did only like, like one of them. Did you like the mochi pounding? The undertones of the 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 secret uh, to what it really means to Mochi Pound. I must have missed an episode because I have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> the little sister was cute though. Yeah, the little, like the little sister, sister was adorable. I she's like it. super thirsty, and everybody's kind of. It was. It's so great when you have a character like the little sister, where it's like she's like constantly trying to get with Akagami, but she's completely ignored all the time. <laughs> like it never plays into it. Just literally, she says something and they move on. It's like almost feel bad for her at some point. I mean, the quote always points out that our sister is super thirsty. Closet thirsty. Um, the maid outfit was good, though. Yuzuki looked good in the maid outfit. Like, this is a long conversation. They, long were argument. Him, they were forcing him to, to, to wear the, the bunny outfits for the mochi pounding. And he was like, why are they wearing bunny outfits for yeah, the bunny outfits? Yeah, I remember the bunny outfits. Yeah, okay. 
I just don't remember the monkey. And then name. Baby Girl was asking her, asking him about. It, it, <laughs> I remember the bunny outfits, but I don't remember the story. <laughs> <laughs> Can tell where my focus is. <laughs> yeah, the bunny outfits. That's right. I remember those. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I remember when they were playing uh, uh, Twister. Yeah, that I remember that part. <laughs> Do you remember Mia was having this problem where she's trying not to be like her parents? What? What? They did Twister. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember the Twister part. <laughs> And then she filmed it. Oh, anyways. It's all right. It was all right show. But I wouldn't go out of my way for it. There's better etchy out there, I think. Yeah, Tempadu. There you go. Took that out. Boongo Stray Dogs, fifth season and probably last season for a long time. Yes, I know they announced something else. Uh, We'll see where it comes with that. (laughs) But yes, we're in the fifth season of Boongo Stray Dogs at this point. Uh, But don't really want to get into story details. I, I will say that with the fifth season, I... I really love the first part of it. I think it had a fantastic ending, question mark. I hate that they had a stinger at the end. I, I really hate when they do the stinger at the end, because it's like, you know we're not getting anything new in a long time. Why would you put a stinger at the end? Um, but no, like, most of this this season was really about the hunting dogs going after um, the detective agency at some point, having um, a big reveal around the hunting dogs, which I honestly... I wasn't sure. I didn't like it. I really didn't like it. A lot of the fights were kind of annoying because it had this one gimmick to the main villain antagonist character that was really bugging the hell out of me. Like it just wanted it's time thing. It's a time thing. I don't like it. It not time what, is annoying. Not what you're thinking. It's a very interesting use of time, but I still hate it because it was too much of that. Like, you know, they're going to reset again. You know, they're going to reset again. And I really got annoyed by it after some point. I was, I wasn't feeling it at all. Um, but everything around that, was working really good. Um, all that, all the story points, characters around it. I loved. Uh, God, I forget what her name is. They brought back the um, that little girl, and she was hanging out with the vampire, which was Kendra Suda. So you know that's going to be a positive from me. Um, but no, I. In the end, I, I really still continue to absolutely love Bungo Stray Dogs, and it's a lot to do with just the character writing with all the characters. I think this writer is exceptional with character writing, even though he's got a massive cast. I always love each and every one of the characters. As I always say, it's one of the few shows that has a massive cast of characters that when it switches to a character, I immediately kind of start to remember, oh yeah, that's what this character was, this is who they work for, work for. this is their alliance, and I want to know what they think of the situation they're getting into. Uh, which definitely got really global and massive in scale with with the, the threat that they were kind of facing, which we were sort of getting into with the with the earlier with the the fourth season because they started bringing in the the page that can control like existence. It's like a page that whatever you're writing it writing it can technically come true, um, which was technically really breaking the laws of reality, and they did it in a very clever way. Usually with that kind of a concept that can easily break a story and it get really cheesy but they introduced it in a really cool way and that kind of carried over into the fourth the fifth season and i while again i didn't like the main antagonist's introduction i think how it concluded was really good so and still in the end i really loved it probably not as good as the fourth season for me for some reason um even though i did like the ending of this fifth season but um still definitely up there Saying it not as saying it's not as good as the fifth season is like saying it's like just under ten out of ten. <laughs> it's like it's a nine point eight. Uh, but Bungo Straight Dogs continues to be an amazing series. I, it's so funny how many times I talk to people and they say, "Yeah, I, I haven't watched it. I, I got I was in the third season and I and I stepped away from it or whatever." And it's like, 
Does everybody drop off in that first part of that third season? <laughs> it's like everybody I talk to is all dropped off in the first part of the third season. It's like push through it. The later part of the third season is great, and it just keeps getting better. So I highly suggest Bungo Stray Dogs. It's it, it's it's, it's got to go somewhere in my top. I'm thinking at least top 20. If not, it might it might nudge into top 10 anime of all time. I really love it. I really love Bungo Stray Dogs. So. They got it in Edgar Allan Poe. Yep, they're all, all, all different authors. Well, I know some, I knew some of the other ones. I I didn't know this. Oh yeah, Edgar Allan Poe. He's he's new. Yeah, he popped up. I think in late second season? Question mark. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's he was really he's Rompo's um, Rompo's rival. So yeah, really cool, really cool, awesome stuff. Really, really love Bungo Stray Dogs. Like I said, they they said there's there's more to come. Like I said, I I really hate the fact that the what happens is like they wrap up the current thing. It still has a hint that something's gonna come up, but then it like it concludes. Like I could say you you cast the cast scrolls. I'm like I'm good. For some reason, at the very end, they said it's not over yet, and then it cuts to two characters and they're literally facing off against somebody. And it's like, why did you show that? <laughs> it's it's kind of like um. For those that read uh, Nice Sidonia, they do that too. Where it's like at the very end, it's like, why'd you show that to me? Like, what? Why would why would you show this? It just, it, it ruins the ending. It was conclusive. Um, but yeah, they want to pe- get people hype because I, I guess apparently Bungo Stray Dogs is massive in Japan because I don't know why this keeps going. And it's amazing animation, by the way. Um, Bones does an incredible job with this show. So there you go. That's, um, if you like action, you like really great characters superpowers and all that kind of stuff factions it's just all there and the writing's fantastic undead more un, undead murder farce i almost said undead girl murder farce it's not supposed to be undead girl murder it's undead murder farce this one uh done by lap and track based off a novel uh basically follows it's in a world that has onis and stuff like that at some point mankind decided to hunt down all the onis and get rid of them and uh we follow a guy that is um part oni his name is sugaru and we find him inside of this kind of basically a freak show. He's in this arena and they send Oni in there for him to beat up as everybody kind of places their bets on the fight itself. And at some point he's confronted by a Shizuku, which is like dressed up in this maid outfit. And she's carrying this little birdcage. And uh, she starts talking to him, saying that you've been following me around. Why are you following me around? And it turns out in the birdcage is this head. It's the head of an immortal named Ayarindo. And um, he, she says, yeah, no, I need you to kill me because... He's like, well, why, why are you still alive? And he's like, I'm immortal. Essentially, if a immortal is cut, like if, you get, if they got beheaded, their body would just grow back. But if an immortal is injured by an Oni, it can kill them. And so apparently in her past, some dude showed up, cut her head off, apparently using an Oni because she survived and she didn't regrow her body back, and they stole her body. And then she is seeking to die because she's lived this entire time inside of a cage because she had no body being carried around by Suzuku and so she wants Sugaru to kill her and as she's talking to him at some point he goes hey how about another option let's go find the guy that has your body and let's see if we can get your body back and you know if that doesn't work out then I'll kill you and so she decides to accept this because Sugaru apparently recognized the man that she was talking about that took her body and figures the same person that did the experiments on him and made him part Oni so they travel around, solve mysteries. They're like a, a mystery-solving duo because Ayarindo is the smart one with the brains, 
that solves the problems, but Suguru and Suzuku kind of carry her around, Suguru being the muscle of the group. So, well, Suzuku's really OP too. So, yeah. Eventually, they run into the bad guy that took her body, and shenanigans happens. Thoughts? I actually really, really love this show. It, um, I, I give Andrew all the credit in the world for dragging my butt into this, and I have very much thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, the character banter is absolutely fantastic. I love Suguru's kind of goofy nature. Um, love the kind of storytelling via um, mystery solving type thing i i can't don't much care for their actual mysteries they're not really i don't i don't much care for a mystery that is just coincidentally solved well they pointed all the stuff and you should have seen it but you don't actually or it's not they're not giving you anything to kind of chew on to make the you first think one was about too it. obvious yeah yeah the first one was way too obvious i've i've never cared for that i i do get it it's it's hard to kind of reveal this um reveal it without revealing it it's, it's very difficult do, to do so i get it but probably something that's really hard to to notice it, it probably is it probably plays out very well in the novel i'd imagine it's because I, I was told I was told that the the thing that tipped the hand with the first mystery, which was was him putting his hand in his pocket, was like apparently not even in the the novel. So it's like, yeah, I think that's where they kind of the animators tip their hand. Jokes, gotcha. Intended. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, sometimes I mean, mysteries mysteries are difficult to do. They really are, and it's. I enjoy a mystery of understanding what it is that the the um, the detective is noticing, kind of pointing at stuff, not necessarily making you um, come up with a, a conclusion or a deduction, but actually pointing these things out so that you can at least have a chance to it. it all it comes down to, and at least in most mysteries, and this is an, uh, another one of those, is it's it's looking at a scene, you're seeing something, but somehow she's figured this out, and you're not going to figure it out because you don't know what it is that she's looking at from her context. Um, and then she just blurts out, hey, well, when you've seen this, you should have known this. Well, how am I supposed to know that? Um, but it is what it is. All in all, I enjoyed the characters. I enjoyed the um, the storylines, and I really did enjoy the mysteries and the characters. So, yeah, loved it. I mean, besides the the Lupin part, I, I think all of them I pretty much called it early on, which I think, like I said, is is the fault of them kind of tipping their hands a little bit too much. But I think I still hold the same thought process that I think I had with my first impressions, where I don't necessarily find that to be a problem, like. No, I was. I think I pretty much mentioned because I was doing video impressions on this show, and I think I mentioned a video um, where I almost felt like I seen this, and I hope that it's not that easy. And then when it comes to the end, I'm going, well, so it was that easy. But I never really find it to be a problem with this show because the chemistry is just too dang good. Like it's not. I think for the most part, and again, the novel might be different. I think for the most part, the mystery's not really. 
the mysteries there it is fun to kind of go, am I right? Or try to piece things together to fit what you think is right. Um, but I, I think for the most part, what comes down to is not necessarily the mystery so much as just seeing how Aya Rindo puts it together. Because I think the way the, especially with the, the director that was involved, which again, I'm, I'm criticizing him for how he handles certain things like tipping his hand too much, but at the same time, I'm praising him because this director is amazing. Um, I, I think, uh, Omata, the, the director for this, which did Kaguya-sama Love is War and Shogun Roku Raku Shinju, he's really great at portraying the story, um, in a very creative way. And I think the writer themselves is a fantastic writer at chemistry. So you have great chemistry, you have great character writing, and then you have this director that's visually putting it into something that's super creative. It's like this massive, like, this buildup of really fantastic things all put together in a really creative way. Um, like I, I kind of pointed out early on is that the first episode having this whole segment where Suguru is, uh, Ayorindo is asking why Suguru essentially was trying to live. When Shizuku, her, her maid, attacked him, he was fighting back. But in actuality, it seems like he's wanting to die based on how he's doing these match fights and using his Oni powers, which will eventually make him go mad and die. And he's explained the fact that he's trying to go mad and he's trying to do it while he's in the cage so that at some point he'll go crazy and to kill everybody that's watching the cage matches. And it'll be this grand epic show. The entire time he's talking about this, he's, he's you know, putting on this spectacle and dancing around. It's so super cool. And they, they did it the same way when they first revealed the first, um, the first uh, mystery, when they solved the first mystery. It kind of turns this whole thing where literally Suguru, as he goes out there, like it's his turn to shine because Ayarendo did all the the problem, the, the mystery solving. Now that she solved the mystery, now it's time for Suguru to step up. He's the second part of the show, which is to fight the bad guy that you know just got caught. And he just goes out there and he gets he turns into a spectacle. Like he's in the cage match again. It's just it's so really well put together. Now I will say that like a lot of the creative choices later on in the show, especially around the combat sequences, I did not like. Um, for some reason, they got this big obsession with doing these massively blurred outlines of characters' faces. Like, you'd show, they would have a character and their faces kind of sideways on one side of the screen, and then you'll have, like, this backdrop behind them on the other side of the screen. And there's, like, this weird blurred outline to the character's face. And then you have, like, a lot of times, you see the the pixelated stroke effect that they were doing, the green pixelated stroke effect to things. I don't remember it. It was, like, so horrible. Like, it's like, it's like somebody literally took a layer, which is, like, maybe a character, it could be a cloak, any object, and they apply a stroke, which is basically an outline around that layer, and then they just, like, I guess, increase the size of the pixels, um, lower the pixel count, but increase the size of it. So it's just... It's almost like somebody put green Lego, neon green Lego boxes, uh, blocks around some object. It was like, I, I, Omada, I love your work. You're super genius at directing, but what is this? <laughs> um, so besides the weird blur outlines and the weird pixelated stroke green, um, and a little bit excessive use of steels in just the most disoriented ways in combat towards later parts. It was a really good looking show. A lot of the fight scenes were really great, except for the later parts. So I'm guessing towards the later part, maybe they just ran out of time or just the budget was starting to fall apart. But for the most part, I love the show. I think it's fantastic. Um, I think a lot of my enjoyment's really around uh, Suguru and Ayarendo. I think their chemistry is fantastic. When Shizuku finally actually started talking, <laughs> I did enjoy her chemistry with Suguru as well. 
um, constantly at each other's throats. But um, there you go. That's uh, Undead Girl Murder Farce. I I really enjoyed it. It was it was a it was a favorite of the season. It did technically come down for me a little bit because I I did not care for. It was mostly that last arc. I think at some point it got kind of boring, but um, it was good. It's good. Yeah, Jack the Ripper. Okay, right there. A uh, classroom for heroes. There's another winner, Chris. Ayo, Kyoshitsu. This one was done by Studio Actus. Sources a light novel, action, fantasy, etchy. That's for sure. Uh, this one follows Bladeu. And Blade really wants friends. Um, his name is Blade, and he really wants friends. Um, you'll get to know this in the first couple episodes, because his name is Blade, and he really wants you friends. Get, you get that in the first five um, I think they finally got out of that, which was... I was like, please, don't let this be the whole show. Uh, but yeah, he's going to this academy that trains heroes. Um, it come to find out, yes, Blade is, in fact, the hero of the past. Um, did not like having to be the hero. He's kind of forced to be the hero. Got really jaded by the fact that People hate him because he didn't save everybody, um, but it wasn't really something that he wanted to do. He's got forced into it. Um, but yeah, he's going to a for, for some reason he's going to an academy for heroes, even though he doesn't want to be a hero. For some reason he's like, you know that academy that is for heroes. What I wouldn't like more than to go to an academy for heroes when I don't want to be a hero. But he goes there because he wants friends, and so um, yeah, he he runs around saying that he wants to be friends. Ends up running to Arnest Flaming, which is like the. The prodigy of the school. She's got this sword that's like got this spirit of Osmodius inside of it and it tries to take her over. There's Sophie, kind of find out in the second or third episode that she's like an artificially created hero. And then you have Ku, a dragon, shows up at some point and yada yada yada. And a bunch of people they all want to kill him for some reason. And yeah, they got they 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 get stronger in school. And the king apparently decided to take over the the school and he's just kind of making them do a bunch of stuff. And um, everybody wants to kill Blade for some reason. And go get ingredients from the underground uh, pantry, quote unquote. <laughs> pantry. I don't pantry. know. I the show was all right. I didn't hate it. Um, I like some of the girls. I I didn't care for whatever Doofus's name is. Oh, Blade. That's right. That's what you said. And Leonardo. Um, Leonardo was annoying too. Leonardo was really freaking annoying. My queen um, drill gets knocked out. That's his. That's literally his joke. My queen turns I, on his I mean, drill and I then mean, gets knocked out. I just, I just, I just want to point out. I came away from this entire show with uh, a dragon lolly and Sophia. But why that's, does it look it. so good? That's the only thing I don't get. It's such the stupidest show, but it looks good. You thought it looked good? Okay. The animation, Dick, it goes crazy at times. Don't tell me you didn't notice, like, some crazy animation in there here I, and there. I don't... It, nothing that... I, I, I mean, it's not maybe always I was, looks... So, it doesn't always maybe look Maybe my but, eyes... My, maybe my eyes were glazed over half the time. <laughs> I don't freaking know. I Like I said, I came away with... A dragon lolly. I, I only, I only and regained Sophia. I only regained. That's it. That's it. That's I, it. The rest of the show was freaking annoying. I only regained consciousness for the fiftieth time they show Arnest Flaming naked. Like, she's, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, did you notice the fact that she's literally like the only character that just for some reason loses her clothes every two seconds? <laughs> like the whole date with well, Sophie. They, 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 he's Sophie, going through. They didn't have to with Sophie because Sophie had such a perfect. Uh, uh, um, uh, Booty shorts? Yeah, well, yeah, she got, like, the whole, like, just, yeah, bloomer or something. I don't know what you want to call them. Uh, no, it's like, so they had the Sophie date thing, and it's like, the entire time, it's 
Arn is flaming with like these other two girls. I, I think it was probably Jessica and, and Claire. And they're going around and every two seconds Arnis is just losing her clothes. And it's like the other girl just the other girl too there, like there, but not as bad. And it's like this whole entire episode is But it's so funny because I, I think Sophie's episode, that first episode with Sophie, where they did the big reveal of her, um, that was like a prime example of the whole show where it's like, what are you trying to be? Like and I, I think I said the same thing early on. Is I don't know what this show wants to be. Does it want to be a comedy? Does it want to be an etchy? Does it want to be a harem show? Does it want to be super serious? Because every now and then it gets really serious. I don't know why it's trying to be serious. I, I mean, honestly Sophie, don't know either. But that's, that episode's a prime example because it was literally like this whole break. Like, I'm laughing because the entire episode is Arnest losing her clothes. And at the very end, out of nowhere, it's like Blade talks about the fact that he never wanted to be a hero and how he was tormented his entire life because people saying that he couldn't, didn't save everybody. And then Sophie's over here going, but I seen what you saved. I seen the people that you saved. I walked your path and I want, I'll want i be the hero in your place. And it was like, okay, now we're serious. And I was getting like really heavy. And then cut the next episode and now you have a dragon. He karate chops a dragon and the dragon turns into his child. And then starts chasing him around. And then it gets serious again that she will never be friends with people unless they defeat her. So she never has friends because nobody can defeat her. And they all get together and they all fight him and then she beats everybody and they finally beat her. And everybody's happy friends. And they cut to Marie and they cut to the the robot girl and she's like literally going to die if she doesn't defeat Blade. (laughs) It's like, what are you trying to be? And let's not forget about the underground pantry. What are you trying to be? Um, pantry. I don't know why you say pantry earlier. I don't know. It's like, it's, it's, it's not pacing. It's just, it's got a really bad tonal shift that happens with the show. And I, and I, and it's one of those shows in the end where I'm like, I got nothing out of this. Like in the end, this is one of those shows where like, I got nothing out of that. Like, I didn't feel like we achieve something i don't feel like we went anywhere i don't feel like i got any sort of payoff i mean there's a couple characters that i like their story i mean there was a little bit of a again very serious moment with maria towards the later part of her whole segment um yes technically with sophie it starts to get in that whole thing with the heroes and the artificial heroes but overall like it, it's one of those shows at the end of the story it's like it's a chaotic know. mess yeah it is a, it is a mess it, yeah, yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't hate it. I, 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 I liked it just fine. It just, it's chaotic. It does not have any real, like Andrew said, don't, I don't know what it wants to be. It, it, it doesn't want to be goofy and, and etchy. Does it want to be serious and, and have dark tones or what, it what is it? Everything. I mean, to his credit, it goes in, I guess, the same realms as something like Seven Deadly Sins or something like that, where it can be super serious when it wants to be, but goofy. It's allowed to do all that stuff. Yeah. Just like any other show, but I never got my feeding. I never never got my footing with this, whereas something like I just gave the example, Seven Deadly Sins, I got my footing with that show because it transitioned into those moments good. This one never really did. So, like I said, it's got some cool action in there. The character designs are great. Um... It doesn't. It doesn't do anything bad. That's that's what I want to make clear. It's not a. It never did anything inherently bad. It's just in the end, I don't think I felt very satisfied with it. Like I just never. I didn't feel like I got anything out of it. So it's it's a weird one. It's a weird one. Classroom for the elite. Classroom for the elite. <laughs> Classroom for heroes. It's a completely different show. Completely different issues. <laughs> 
All right, uh, Duke of Death it has made second season. Do we want to talk about this one? Tokuro made season two. Um, I hope so. We don't want to talk about Bokuchan. I don't know. You don't know? I don't know. Yeah, for those who don't know, this one, the first season opens up with the guy, with, with the Duke, uh, Bokuchan, and he has been cursed by somebody, a witch, to whatever he touches dies. And he lives alone in a mansion. Um, he's supposed to find a cure for himself because his family wants him to be to be able to return to society because he's supposed to be the next in line to take over his family name. Um, but yeah, he's stuck in alone. No, doesn't really know how to get rid of the curse itself. Then uh, no, out of nowhere, someone from his past, Alice, shows up. She's going to be his maid. So she starts hanging out. She's desperately in love with him. So she's constantly getting close to him. And he's constantly going, please don't get close to me. Uh, but yeah, eventually he meets some witches and uh again tries to search for a cure, a cure for his his curse try to figure out how to get rid of it and it, i think it kind of gets in that more with the second season we get the a lot of focus on zine and kuf which are the two witches that he eventually meet and met in the first season Kuff. kafu Kuff. and uh yeah a lot of focus on delith which yeah we want to get into that whole thing <laughs> and the second son <laughs> Yeah, yeah, him too. Don't say second. Now you're gonna get him. You're gonna turn him <laughs> triggered and everything. And then out of nowhere, Nico, the gay, and a school. <laughs> and oh yeah, the the the, the uh, hot Gyaru witch. I like the hot Gyaru witch. She was great. She's awesome. Emilia, Emilia was great too. I like that. I I knew immediately who she her husband was gonna be. Right. I was like, yeah, <laughs> it's I know so that. obvious. I know where that's going. Um, which was kind of dorky because Zane and Kofu was trying to hide the fact that they were that they were witches, and it's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, my, my wife's a witch. Uh, anyways, yeah, your thoughts on the second season, which apparently is getting a third season. It's great. I'm guessing, seeing as how that's how they left us off. No, I liked it. I, 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 it, it is nice to get some kind of more, um, more of the same. It, 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 it really. I did get really kind of turned off at the beginning of the season. It felt like they were doing some kind of musical with it, and it was driving me oh nuts. Oh, my gosh. I try to forget that. Thanks, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just had this random remembrance oh, of that, and I was like, no, I gosh. hated that. I I literally, I, w- I was so annoyed with it. I actually kind of commented to Andrew about it. I was like, it feels like they're turning it into a musical for some stupid reason. But ho- luckily, it kind of chilled out on that. Um, I totally forgot. Thanks. But yeah, I, I I did enjoy most uh, m- the the latter part of the season. The the musical thing kind of irritated me. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of goofy kind of jokes that they kind of they they balanced those into the storyline really well. Um, kind of enjoyed the bigger picture that they were kind of opening up with Delith and um, um, Sade. Uh, definitely digging into more of the witch's side and getting to a lot of that, especially with the circus kind of playing into that. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it kind of can't wait to it, They're really building a lot of this up. So I'm, I'm really kind of looking forward to it. It's so funny. Cause like, I, I don't necessarily think it's more the same for me. Like the first season was so they they got really wrapped up in the whole joke between Alice being thirsty and Bokchan constantly going, "Please don't get close to me, Alice. Please, you're gonna die, Alice. Please stop trying to touch me." Um, whereas like the second season, it was surprised. It was surprising how much focus was on Zion. 
I really wasn't expecting like every episode opening up and it's like, oh, we're still at the circus. I really wasn't expecting to be this focused on the side characters, technically, which I do like because I, I think Zion and, and, and Cuff were great. I think the two of them are fantastic characters. I, I almost like them more than I like the main couple. Um, so it was really cool seeing them and basically Death trying to uh, force Zion to help her with her problem with um, with um, Sharon and everything like that. I did not like the later part of this. I really didn't. I think it all started with Walter going and talking to Delth. And I was like, really? That That's how we're solving the Delth thing? Like, there was so much focus on Delth doing all this crazy stuff to essentially impact everybody around uh, Bokton. And then Walter comes in and says, you look fine. Oh, I was like, what? That's your resolve for her character? That's how you're going to fix her character? Is she just gets doki-doki for this dumb idiot? Um, I hated that. I really hated that. And it, and it kept that way. Like, for the rest of the show, from that point on, I don't think I liked this season. And to be fair, I didn't like that either. But I, I kind of just went... Oh, well. Okay. Well, I mean, that was my point, too. I was the same way. I was like, shrug, whatever, move on. But it never, it never cracked course after that. That's my problem. Well, the, the, I've, I've seen, I mean, we, we've, we've gone back and forth over the idea of, of, uh, characters being kind of magically fixed with one thing. And, and it's like, okay, we're supposed to forgive everything that they've ever done. And it's like, yes, I, I get the problem, but, they're writing it that way. It's not like uh, being frustrated over going to fix it, but it it is it's it's one of those. Yeah, I I I agree. It it is one of those. Why that that you're you're you've focused your entire life around destroying these people if you don't get what you want out of them? But Walter walking in and saying, "Oh well, you don't look that bad." <laughs> Well, okay. Let to me go fair, ahead and flip my a massive issue with her face, <laughs> and she's very self-critical about it, but it's still dumb. But no, like I said, it never corrects itself because beyond that point, what kind of happens is they do not one, but two visits to a certain time period that's very critical to the story, and they do nothing with it. It's like, oh, cool, we're gonna finally see what happened to to, to the Duke. We're finally going to see what started this whole thing. Nope, never mind. Okay, we're going back again. We're finally going to see what happened to the Duke. Nope, we're going back again. And it's like, stop. <laughs> and then we do the whole school thing, which felt, why do we even do that? Like, it felt like that had no purpose whatsoever, besides to show that somebody else hates Sade. It's like, oh, let's add another person that hates Sade, because everybody hates Sade, because she's a psychopath. And I, I guess technically they're still there, but... It just, it felt like the whole, the first half was great. I love Zion and all that kind of stuff, but the second half was bad. I don't know if it was technically half of it. I don't know exactly when the whole Walter thing happened. It was around six or seven, right? It would be, it seems like it was in thirds to me. The the goofy musical stuff and the the circus stuff and then the uh, oh, the pool school. Scene. Pool scene too. Indoor pool. I see. Yeah, that the, was good. the indoor pool, the spa thing. I like yeah. that one. It was a good episode. I like I like when Amelia went there and they met Amelia. That was kind of cool. But then yeah, they did the musical in the water. 
I don't know what was it. Is it because the first season that everybody liked the duet in the OP? Maybe they were like, "Hey, let's do a bunch of musicals." I wonder how do you put that in the manga? Maybe it's in the, maybe it's in the manga. Maybe they did like the little little musical notes around them with with li- with lines of text or something. And you're supposed to know they're do it. Um, I don't know. I still like it. Um, looking forward to next season because as I kind of joked with Chris earlier, it's like yeah, that last scene just out of nowhere, like the last, literally the last second of the last episode of the season was like, huh? <laughs> like it was literally one of those. I went to everybody that I knew that watched it. And I was like, "WTF?" That last scene. What happened there? <laughs> so I'll be, I'll be interested to see how that what happens with that in the third season. But yeah, it is kind of one of those things where you have this main driving point, the point which is the quote unquote Duke of Death, and I'm kind of at the point now where I'm like, I kind of want that to be done. I know that's your chemistry, I, but I, I kind of want it done now. Yeah. I, I agree. I I kind of want to move on from that. I mean, I we can we can have the 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 Delath and and uh, yeah. Delath and and Sade thing that we can we can still do that. We don't we don't have to have. It can still be called thing. the Duke of Death. He could just yeah. he could just turn into somebody that's able to select what he kills. <laughs> no, you don't. You either have it or you don't. <laughs> uh, no. He just he has to say death and he there's like, death. death and he touches things <laughs> slither. Uh, thinner no it's thinner huh thinner. <laughs> he rubs her, his hand against her cheek anyways dick of death is made second season look for the third and last one we have for this episode is the girl i like forgot her glasses which uh suki na koga megane wo wasureta uh this is the second of the gohan's offering this season i am really happy because i was pretty scared coming into the season with these gohan's shows was not like in the PVs for Girl I Like Forgot Her Glasses and the Masterful Cat is depressing in a day. Did we do Masterful Cat last week? Or, no, that's going to be next week because I think it just ended last week. Yep, um, you're going to do Masterful Cat next week. Happy that both the Gohan shows turned out to be bangers this season. I'm, I'm really happy about that. They rough first episodes. <laughs> rough first episodes for sure. Uh, that usual Gohan's over-the-top animation with CGI backgrounds and establishment sots and CGI environments, but it, they chilled out. Uh, but yeah, this one, the girl, like, forgot her glasses. It, that's literally the title is the show. Uh, this guy goes to school, and his class sitting next to him is Mie, and she likes, she keeps forgetting her glasses. I almost said she likes to. I'm, I'm still waiting for that punchline that she actually does it on purpose. But it seemed like over the season, it pretty much established it. And no, the girl's just very forgetful. I thought it was going to be a a joke. Like, is she really forgetting it? Or is she doing it because she wants to be next to him? She's a dork. It's, it's really what it comes down to. Uh, but yeah, she keeps showing up to school without her glasses. And he knows it because she gets this really squinty, looks like she's mad look in her eyes. Uh, but he thinks it's cute anyways. It's cute. Uh, but yeah, she keeps showing up without her glasses and he keeps having to help her. Like he just can't help it because he likes her. He really likes her. He thinks she's super cute. And he um, keeps wishing that she'll forget him because Yeah, he he does technically say I kind of feel bad now because I literally spent all last night wishing upon a star that she'd forget her glasses again. And then she turns up and says, Yeah, I accidentally stepped on him. And he's like, Crap, I feel bad now. Uh, I'm waiting, goes for, to, I'm goes waiting to, for him to be delivered. <laughs> yeah, she she shows up with contacts and that works. Uh, which is great too. She does have technically three sides to her. The first side is when she shows up with her glasses and she looks cute in glasses and her eyes are wide. And she's got these beautiful eyes. That was the initial draw. He really likes her eyes. Then there's the, 
I forgot my glasses and I look like I'm angry, but it's still cute because the way she squints looks really cute. And she gets really close to him. And the third option is the contacts, which she doesn't like because it just doesn't feel right. And but that then you get like the pure perspective of her beautiful eyes. So she he likes all three of these options and again, really likes her. Helps her out, basically, because she can't do anything on her own without her glasses. So she he provides his books. She just kind of slams her face on the books on the desk because she has to literally look right up next to it. Which makes it weird because her glasses doesn't really have that much magnification on them, which is odd. Um, but that's me, that's me being a glasses-wearing nitpicker. Um, yeah, it's just basically him helping Mie and her liking the fact that he helps her. Um, little Doki Doki's happening. These are two very young characters. They're like 12 or 14 or something. Very young. So there's a lot of puppy love kind of stuff. It's kind of in the same vein as something like TZ Master Takagi-san where you're not like, you're watching the show and you know that they're really not going to have a budding relationship or anything because these two are just kind of learning about love. Um, it's kind of that area. It's puppy love kind of comedy shenanigans all mixed in with a Yes, problematic at times, Gohan style that likes to get really goofy with dumb perspective shots and under the foot camera angles while they're walking down the hallway. But like I said, they chilled out on that stuff. And what kind of was left after Gohan's chilled out was what I really like Gohan's for is they're really good character designs. Attention to detail. They love hair. And Mie has a lot of hair. So they, they, they just visually did a really great job of the show. Problems. I don't like Komura. He's so annoying. He He's a young kid. He's a dumb young kid learning about... I mean, he's not learning about love. He's 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 dead set on Mie. Like, he's obsessed with her. Um, so it's obvious that he knows that he likes her. So it kind of just turns into a lot of him just screaming in his own head about how happy he is or how cute she is or how close she is or how her eyes are cute or how he really wants to do this or he really wants to say that or... He gets, he, it's so much in his head. It's not to the levels of a certain individual from a, a certain renting a girlfriend show, but damn, is it getting close? No, it's nowhere near. Sorry. It's like 2% of that character from rent a girlfriend, <laughs> but that's enough. 2% of that is saying a lot. It's a good show. I think me is super cute. Um, I like the little goofy moments they had together. There's a lot of. I, again, I think a lot of this show is around... Your enjoyment of the show is going to be around Mie. If you look at the PBs or whatever and you're like, this girl is adorable, I'm going to watch the show, you're going to like it. Because Mie is adorable. And seeing her reactions and stuff like that was literally enough to kind of keep me pulled through the entire show. And that's saying a lot because I really didn't like Komura. Which made me really wonder why everybody kept putting him in at least the anime trending's top characters or male characters of the, sh- the season i'm like really god who likes komura <laughs> like who the hell like, are no, you just picking I, it because you like the girl who do you like mie and so you're like well i like girl i like her forgot her glasses so let's put komura up here i mean i like i like mia i i did not care for komura i he his his freaking um constantly the plane in the background the plane in the background <laughs> i i that's I, a that's gotta be i don't know if that's in the manga i i i I'm guess that's a stylistic choice by the director or something i don't know the director is good i mean he did k and murdoch's granville and i like both those those are the two gohans that i like but um 
the regular director was the one that was crappy. Maybe he was maybe the regular director was the one that worked on the first episode of both this and the Masterful Cat. Those are the bad ones. And they then they gave it back to to give it back to Kudo and said, "Hey, finish the rest of the series because he's screwed up these first episodes." Um, yeah, it was it was cute. Um, had a lot of fun with it. They had a really, I actually really liked the ending to it too. Which again, I, I'm not really expecting too much from a show about basically puppy love, but um, it had a really cute little last episode. I really liked it. So like, if you don't plan on watching the rest of the show, I would just watch the last episode. It was I'll a really probably watch it eventually. Really cute little twist at there. I mean, I don't, I don't promise nothing, but yeah, I'll probably even, or I may eventually finish it. I, I didn't hate it. I, I actually really did enjoy the. I like. I really Puppy liked. Love. I really liked the jealous Mie. I really wasn't expecting them to go that route, but suddenly I know we're having her kind of get jealous. Was super cute. Um. Yeah. It kind of felt like they were doing that in one of the episodes. Somebody was uh, pulling him to the side, and she kind of, yeah. kind of bumped pushed in there, her, pushed her <laughs> way up in there. She bumped her there, and that was the episode where he had her glasses. <laughs> he took off her glasses. That was so dumb. He sets, he sets her glasses up on his shelf in the side of his room, and he's working on his 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 school lessons. And then every now and then he just kind of it it pops to like a side angle where you can see him, but behind him you see the where the glasses were on the counter and it's just her sitting there and she's like Mie here <laughs> and he's like I can't get he can't unsee it like he just literally having her her glasses sitting there is like her sitting there watching him so he has to cover him up because it's bothering <laughs> him so much it is like every now and then it would cut to an angle and you just see her over there and she's like Mie here <laughs> Mie does yeah it was cute um yeah anyways that's a girl I like for glasses really cute um, really like Mie. She's really adorable. But yeah, that's um, that's it. That's all the shows we're gonna go through. That's 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 the that's the dive. What what do we have left? Um, let me scroll up here. We were supposed to do my. I wanted. I want. I have to shame Chris. Um, because it was funny. Uh, Chris has not finished my happy marriage. Still, he said that it had a really crappy ending. I'm like, what? What do you mean? And he said, well, this happened. I'm like. That's like the beginning of the last arc. <laughs> you got a lot of episodes you're missing. It's like the listing I had showed that. And I guess it was cut off. I don't know. So Chris still has to do that. Um, but yeah, we still have My Happy Marriage, St. Cecilia. I did make Lawrence. an attempt at finishing the show. He's like, yes, be it was fair. Only six episodes. That was really quick. <laughs> cut to find out. It's a full core. Uh, the Genie of AI, St. Cecilia and Pastor Lawrence, Bleach, Thousand Year Blood, War, The Separation. The Masterful Cat is depressed again today. Rent a Girlfriend, third season. Don't ask me why I still watch that stupid show. Uh, I am, am I actually the strongest? My tiny senpai um, will probably do Rain of Cells, Spellblades, even though I think it technically still would have another episode to do, but I'm not going to wait for that stupid show to finish. Uh, Sacrificial Princess and the King of Beasts and Tony Kawa, Kawaii, Tony Kaku Kawaii. High school arc or something like that. High school hen. I don't remember what it's called. Did you get a chance to watch that one? No. No? I've watched Tonikawa and Chris didn't. What is happening? Something's wrong, people. I'm watching something it's I shouldn't be. Time. I shouldn't be watching that. No, I'm just mad that I'm watching that stupid show and you didn't. It's a personal thing, Chris. It's a me thing. It's a me thing. Why am I subjecting myself to this? No, I'm joking. It was a, it was actually a good, good four episodes. It wasn't that long. So, 
anyways, that's uh, that's it for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast episode. Uh, thanks, everybody, for the support. Kind words. TalkingSpirit.com is where all the links to different locations. Really greatly appreciate everybody that supports monetarily through Patreon, tips, links, uh, memberships on the YouTube channel. All that stuff, it greatly means a lot to us. Until the next episode, y'all take care. Oofs!